All right, and we are live. So, good afternoon, everyone. Very happy to be sitting here with Mr. Ryan Zeman from Stratford Martin. Uh, also going to be talking today on our primary topic of how you could utilize virtual assistants in your business. So, Ryan, thank you very much for being on the show here today. Thank you. I'm always happy. I'm uh, happy to be here. I have great respect for your wife. <laughs> Excellent, buddy. <laughs> well, I mean, why don't we why don't we just get into it? So, I mean, Ryan, a lot of um, a lot of people know you as a flipper, uh, house flipper in the Edmonton area, primarily. So, why don't you just tell us about your flipping business and kind of maybe how that kind of segued into what we're going to be talking about here today? Yeah. Um, so, I've been in Edmonton for about three years now, a little bit over three years. Um, so in the Alberta market and, uh, before that I was in Winnipeg where, um, obviously it's a really hot flipping spot. The, uh, the houses are much smaller there. And so they're, um, much, uh, um, much easier to, for capital raising. So that has a lot of people that are just starting up flipping. So the market was brutal there. There was just, there was a couple really big fish there that, um, that were taking up almost uh, all the properties and just being really good experts. And uh, I, I heard somewhere it was like 120 flips a year. And I know personally at least, uh, at least three guys that were doing 20 or 30 themselves. So you can kind of get an idea of, of how much of the market share they had. Yeah, coming to Edmonton, it was much, uh, it was a much uh, bluer ocean. And uh, the price to raise to raise capital for a house is, is uh, about a hundred thousand more, uh, but there's a lot more opportunities uh, here. There's a lot more bungalows, and those are really desirable. Um, there's and there's a lot more um, uh, a lot more older houses here, like not older, like in Winnipeg, the houses are from the, the like uh, pre-war zone kind of thing. Yeah. Here, there most of the houses sit around the '60s and stuff. And that, that era seemed to have a lot of uh, seniors that still own their house and are getting ready to transition into uh, into senior homes and so looking to sell their properties or or the families acquired the estate and uh, and selling their property. So there's been a lot of really good opportunities uh, in Edmonton for those type of properties. So so that's been a really cool experience to uh, to acquire them. Right on, good for you. So virtual assistants, of course, kind of the primary the primary topic of our conversation here today. So I mean, for anybody that's not familiar with them, just never kind of really kind of went down that road or looked in that path. Um, I mean, I guess what can you tell us about virtual assistants and basically just what they are and some of the services that they can perform? Yeah, so um, VAs, as we call them, uh, really took uh, a lot of notice with uh, with the Tim Ferriss Four Hour Work Week. He talked a lot about outsourcing. Uh, outsourcing a lot of different businesses and stuff. And so the really, it really started catching on with the, with that concept. There's a couple main websites. When we talk VA, it, although it's not entirely true, we usually are talking about overseas. Um, although there are a lot of VAs in Canada and the US, especially the US, but uh, generally for this conversation, we'll assume that we're talking overseas and, um, and people working remotely, um, and looking off of uh, the main websites, there's two main websites where you can acquire VAs that are that I recommend. The first one is Fiverr, um, and we can maybe link them later. But uh, Fiverr is one of the websites, and the other one is Upwork. Fiverr, the the VAs, um, they basically it's like an advertisement where they'll post what their skills are, and you can contact the VA uh, directly. And they've already talked about what their price is and what their skills are. Um, 
up, Upwork is a little bit different. Upwork, the way you do it is you would you would post a job ad, and then VAs would apply. So you would put the, the criteria, and then you would get you'll get uh, just bombed with applications of people uh, looking for that position, and then you can interview them. So it's a little bit more traditional uh, as far as workplace. Uh, I would recommend um, anyone getting into VAs. I'd recommend initially that they start off on those websites because those websites are really really smart about protecting the to protecting the the consumer like ourselves. And so they put the the money in escrow. Um, if there's any complaint, they almost instantly, almost cruelly side on your side and, uh, and they'll just refund your money and then they'll go after the person. Um, and they also have a rating system so you can see and, and rate the VA. So you kind of know which ones are, have the most experience and are the most reputable so that, um, you can really make sure that your first experiences of one can be, uh, can be really positive. Cause that's when I talk to people, that's one of the things they're afraid of. They're like, you know, what the heck happens if, if there's a problem and I've given money to a guy that's in, in India or Bangladesh or Philippines or something like I'm done. Like, what do I do? And so definitely, um, definitely going through those, um, those job application sites is a really uh, important key. Uh, you'll, you'll just have a lot of safety that way instead of like just PayPaling someone the money on a, on a really quick experience. Yeah. And, and hoping that they're going to make good on the promises and having, and having absolutely no recourse should, should, should That's something right. go sideways. Right. So, yeah. yeah, that's good. So, I mean, when we talked about your, your business, I mean, your primary business, of course, being a, being a house flipper. So if you had to, I mean, if you had to think about kind of how, how your business looks now, particularly from the utilization of virtual assistants as compared to how it looked when you first began. I mean, I mean, what would you say are kind of the major, the major changes that you, you know, really noticed then and kind of what it really grew into for you? Yeah. So to, to kind of get a sense of it, we kind of need to back up a little bit. My pre, my not my previous, but my, my business before this was uh, book publishing. And so I run a I run an online book publishing company, and that business primarily the business model is outsourcing, and so I've always had it in my head to be outsourcing as much as I can. Um, if once you once you start putting it in perspective, like in Canada we have a certain value for our time, and so it can make sense to do some certain tasks in Canada. But when you start putting it in perspective of what someone uh, from another country would be able to do it, specifically a VA, what they would do that same task for, it starts to make sense that you outsource as much as you can. And so to give you kind of an idea, like um, you'll see a lot of uh, a lot of flippers will will want to do posting on Kijiji, for example, and it's such a pain in the ass. No one wants to get up early and go on Kijiji and post and, and every day do it because if you don't post regularly, you're down a, you know, post number 150, it's such a tedious task. And so what ends up happening is a lot of us real estate investors don't bother doing it because it's such a, it's a high, it's a highly important task, but it's too tedious and it doesn't have, um, it's just so simple. It can be really easy. And so most people just do it for a week and then give up. Whereas if you, if you go to a VA, um, I'm paying a VA a dollar per post to do that. And so a dollar is nothing. Uh, it's less than a coffee. And and that post is getting done every single day, uh, 365 days. You'd have to tell them to stop before they won't post it. And it's just out of your mind. And so I entered the business with, with that as my, as my model of like, what can I, it sounds kind of funny, but what can I get other people to do? And so that I can do as little as possible. And it's not as little as possible. And like, uh, I want to hang out on my deck, you know, with my feet up, although I do like to do that. 
Um, it's more, it's more that, um, what are the highest leverage tasks that only I can do in my business? And so for me, the, the two things that, that I feel like only I can do or only I should do is, is raise capital because not a lot of people, um, there are some people that will do it less than, but not a lot of people are going to raise capital for you or if they do, they're going to want a big piece of it. So it's going to be expensive. So raising capital, because you know, if, if someone's going to, uh, bring capital to Stratford Martin, they're going to want to speak to, to Ryan. Uh, they're not going to want to speak to my VA. They're not going to necessarily want to talk to Sean. They're going to want to speak to the guy that ultimately owns the company. And so capital raising is really the one thing that only I can do. So I spend, I try to spend my time doing that. And then the other thing that only I, I feel that I could do is I'm the one that ultimately closes the deals and I negotiate. Um, other people can negotiate, but I've just found that I, I've spent more time than most realtors even. That's not the slight realtors, but I've just like, I've studied a lot more on negotiations than most realtors ever have. And uh, and so I feel like my ability to negotiate and then ultimately I'm gonna be the one that pulls the trigger because it's gonna be my name on the line anyway. So ultimately I'm gonna be the one that closes the deal. So it's like capital raising and negotiating and deal acquisition are, are my main things. And so I try to spend as much time on those two areas and as little in the other ones as possible. And so I brought that mindset to the business right away. And um, for better or for worse, my, my mindset is kind of, I don't want to learn certain elements of the business because it just makes me potentially want to do it and, and, and become like a control freak and stuff. So what I do more is I base, um, I base it more around bringing in people that I really trust. And so I, I judge people because I don't necessarily know um, how to judge good quality work in their area, but I can judge personalities really well and I can judge character. And so I look at more who they are than what they do. And uh, if you get someone who has the right qualities as a person, they're usually what they do is very good also. And so because I'm not super knowledgeable in their area, nor do I want to be, I put a lot more trust in them. So I feel very comfortable outsourcing things because I don't know how to do everything. And like, it would, it would drive me crazy if I knew how to do contracting work because then I walk through, it's gonna tempt me to want to do it myself. And I don't want to get caught on that because like the theme of the, like, of the, of the seminar here, the, the talk is like, you know, working on your business and not in your business. Cause as soon as you start hammering nails, you're stuck at that point. Yeah. And at that point you're, you know, you just have another job. And, yeah. Uh, well, and it's kind of funny. So you and I did a presentation to Caria, the Central Alberta Real Estate Investors Association, and it was actually almost actually almost two years ago. I think it was June yeah. of 2018 that we did it. And one of the major topics that we talked about is, you know, how do how do you how do you actually get into some sort of action taking you know action taking scenario where you're not just doing the busy work of the business, you're actually doing the things that bring value, right? And very mm -hmm. much to what you had just said, right? If there's two yeah. things you need, right? You need to be raising money and you need to be finding deals, right? Everything else, for the most part, I mean, a lot of that in a you know in a virtual assistant or any type of assistant situation are really the things that people need to be looking at outsourcing. So. Yeah, and it it comes down to uh, to Stefan Arnio's kind of model and bless him because I know he's he's going through some tough times right now. So um, I sent him a message today. I'm really hoping for him. Um, but the people, money, deal, and so of those three things, the you know people you can find and hire, but you need the money and the deal, and ultimately that's going to come to you. So I always think of it as like a triangle, and I know Stefan's kind of looks at it as like all the pieces are interchanged, but I always kind of picture myself sitting on top of the triangle with the the deal and the money kind of sticking into my ass because 
I figure those are the two things I've got to be watching all the time. And the, the, the base is where my people are because they're going to hold this thing up for me. But, um, but you can get the people. The people are never the, never the difficult part. Yeah. Yeah. Usually never the hook. So, I mean, for, for your average, for your average person, I mean, you know, whether, whether or not you're real estate investing or, or when you're, or whether you're doing something else, I mean, how, how are you ultimately going to know um, when it's time to uh, look at a virtual assistant and look at getting one year operation? I guess, I guess the question is ultimately is, I mean, is there ever, is there ever a time that's too soon or is, or sometimes the better approach to say, Hey, if I do this thing right out of the gates, not only do I have to worry about keeping someone paid, but at the same time, I'm not going to get into that trap of, oh, I can't post things on Kijiji because no one does it better than me. That's right. Yeah. So I, I would recommend people do stuff right from the beginning like that. Because again, um, real estate has some really, really high paying tasks and like some really high leverage tasks that have a lot of value. And again, that only you can do. And so I think getting into those from the beginning and really getting the rest outsourced, because we're looking at like the sake of Kijiji Post, for example, the sake of a dollar a day or $2 a day or even five, like however much you want to post, the, the cost of VAs overseas, uh, just to kind of give you some perspective, like my, my VA in the Philippines, when I first interviewed her, she wanted $3.30 an hour uh, American. And so that was like, that was her starting negotiation. So, you know, like I could have gone the other way and really, I probably could have done, you know, got her at an hourly wage of sub $3. Um, I went the other way though. And I, I said, you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you $5 an hour American. And, and then you're going to really be excited to work for, you know, work with me. You're going to want to learn a lot more. And, and I just expect that I'm going to have your attention because I know you're going to be doing other work and I want your attention before everyone else. And I want that. Um, I need that loyalty. And so offering, offering them $5 an hour. And then when you start realizing what tasks, and I have a list of a couple things that I've been doing myself, uh, that I've been getting VAs to do. When you start putting it in that perspective of, if I can get someone else to do this for $5 an hour, you, you start feeling really silly when you're doing it. It just, it just really kind of puts it in perspective. And that's why I said that's kind of that weird, that weird dichotomy with the Canadian of what we would pay someone versus uh, someone in the Philippines or Bangladesh. And so you start, we're, we're still very much thinking of what it would cost to have a Canadian do that. And then when we start thinking of what it would cost to have someone in the Philippines, you, you don't want to do anything. It just doesn't make any sense. So the only stuff you would do directly is stuff that just wouldn't make sense for you to outsource uh, due to a lack of um, either training or accessibility to the resources that they might have. It's going to be hard for them to go knock on doors, for example, or stuff mailboxes. But even that, I, I outsource to other people. Um, <laughs> I just, I just can't do it. I can't, I can't do the door knocking. Bless, uh, bless the guys that can. I know, like James D and stuff. I've seen them do it, and and they're awesome at it. And I would die. I just, I don't have that personality. I can be very <laughs> extroverted in these situations, but I tell you, you put me in front of a door, and and some little old lady comes knocking. I'm. I'm going to sit down and have coffee with her or something, but I'm, I'm not going to try and buy her house. I'm going to hang out with her. We're going to watch Days of Our Lives or something, but yeah. it's not gonna, yeah. I just can't do it. Well, on, on behalf of all the little old ladies of Edmonton, that's that's probably a good thing anyway. Oh, so, they love to see me. Yeah. They love me not. <laughs> so quick uh, quick question. We got a, we got a comment uh, from Mr. Sean LeCap. Sean, thanks for joining the stream. Uh, he said that he likes your explanation of the money people deal triangle. So, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, also one from Razna. So Razna, thanks for joining us too. Um, and specifically, 
had a question in regards to how much do you budget to pay a virtual assistant and how many hours and what type of tasks would you have them do for a business like her? So again, for anybody who's anybody who hasn't met Razen before, fantastic person. Um, does, takes a tremendous amount of action, particularly in the Ottawa and Ontario areas. So big, big thanks for her for popping in. And another, another good example of someone who I really respect, her fiance. <laughs> and and specifically also looking at um, you know I mean a lot of her businesses focusing folks of course on flips right so I mean I believe now she's doing a whole lot more of the uh, kind of like the secondary dwelling unit conversions right the the burr so kind of that buy fix buy fix refinance type strategy but mm -hmm. to her to her question I guess what would you what would you have to say um, and, and Sean and Raz both and Raz both have um, have a, a large volume of of projects going and stuff. So they're a prime example of someone who, I don't know how they would do it without, without virtual assistance because the amount of uh, marketing that can go in and the amount of efforts that they could put and resources that they could throw at VAs, uh, they could just blow their business up even higher because they have the resources. Um, it, might be, it might be a little scared for someone just getting started and doing their first flip where they don't necessarily have a like a marketing budget, but you can see the sophistication of both of them as as investors. They're talking like you know budgets and stuff, and and how many hours. So you can tell like the level that they sit at. Um, they would want to be able to get almost everything outsourced to them. As far as budgets, each task has its own value. Um, for for smaller tasks or tasks that I have a hard time putting an hourly amount on, then I try to really. I try to really just pay like a like a simple rate, um, but then the rest of the time I put them on an hourly rate. Um, and I always, um, for me, I think it's important. I always include some kind of bonus, and I have some kind of bonus. And I tell you, the the VAs that I've had really responded very very well. They're very excited about bonuses. It's not something that they typically get in their profession, and so a bonus really makes them excited. And a bonus in again looking at. Um, my my VA in the Philippines, for example, her like comfortable number per month is to make about three three to four hundred dollars American per month is what she's trying to make to live. She has a family. That's how she supports her family is three to four hundred dollars. And and I've set it up that if I acquire a, a house through one of her through one of her leads, I give her a hundred dollar bonus. So if you're looking at it's like a week's paycheck essentially for her. Um, so if you put it in your own terms, like getting a week along bonus would be pretty exciting. You just grew something there. Yeah, exactly. We had a uh, we had a we had a, we had a surprise entry here to the to the, yeah, oh, to the, to the live stream. It's so. my favorite girl. <laughs> yeah, I know. You haven't seen Uncle yeah. Ryan in quite some time, so yeah. Last time I talked to you, I told you you needed a haircut. You still do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so a couple uh, a couple a couple more questions here as well. So Sean Lacap, um, specifically, which virtual assistant agencies do you, you recommend? Yeah. So. So I, I I would hire through Upwork or Fiverr. Yeah. I would go on those. I wouldn't use an agency that's specific for VAs. Uh, they'll market up too much, and you'll get a, a watered down uh, you'll get a watered down VA essentially. Uh, the ones that are going to to be in those businesses are going to be the ones that can't find their own leads, yeah. or they're so they're relying on someone else. I want someone who can like who has traditionally been able to fill their own plate with their own work. And so I would use something like up, Upwork or Fiverr, but then I would quickly try and lure them away once I saw them very confident. And um, and so I wouldn't use an agency. The agency will just mark it up because these guys get um, the Fiverr and Upwork both put the fee on the on the VA and they get raped. 
Like they get raked, like, like we're talking like 25 or 30% of whatever they're making is going to up to Upwork. That's, um, that, that, that's substantial. I mean, that's a, that's a big chunk and of change. It's so. rough. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's making them want to inflate. So generally what I do is I find yeah. them there and I will build up a relationship. And when I feel very yeah. comfortable and I feel like I want to take them, uh, put more hours with them, then I'll offer to do them um, through uh, PayPal or, um, you know, just like some kind of money payment system where I'll take them off the site because I've already established trust with them. Once I have the trust, I feel comfortable doing that. So I have two VAs right now that I have off site and, and I'm transferring the money through PayPal because I trust them completely. But if you think about it, just taking them off site is literally giving them a 30% pay increase. And so their reward for being very uh, trustworthy is they're going to get at some point a 30% pay increase, uh, just like just like that. And so they're always very excited about that. And when I do put it on PayPal, I put it as friends and family. And so I absorb the fee, which is like $5 or something. Yeah. But again, that's an hour of their time that you're you're basically giving them an extra hour. We don't think anything up to pay $5 for anything. Um, and so just those kind of things. So build up that trust and get them off site and then work with them on a one-to-one relationship. Yeah. Uh, another one of another one of Sean's questions he had here. So he, well, I mean, we kind of talked about so cost range, right? So specifically the VA that you utilize, right? So she kind of, so she kind of came in at that, you know, five dollar, five dollar an hour rate, right? You kind of put in some very specific fee structures for, um, uh, you know, for for posting, for posting that Kijiji ad. She gets a basically, yeah, like a per diem, right, or a kind of like a piecework approach. Um, I guess what have you seen for ranges as far as like the fees go, and and I guess and I guess how how have you how have you seen that kind of relate on both the overseas as kind of compared to maybe more of a, a local or domestic type approach for VAs? To, to give you an idea, like um, I had my business card and my logo. I, I like my logo. I think it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, it's it's above it's logo. above your head right now, just in case you didn't see it. So perfect. Yeah. So it's up above me here, like yeah, that. Yeah, so. like right there. Yeah. <laughs> And so uh, I think that's a cool logo. I think that's, um, it doesn't, you, I, I don't think you're going to look at that logo and, and think it's, it's subpar to anyone else's. If that was done in Canada, I, I would shudder at what someone at an agency would charge me for that. I, I can't believe it would be under, uh, you know, hundreds of dollars. It would be at least, it, it'd have to be over a hundred dollars, let's say. Um, and probably 200, $250 to get a logo like that done and give feedback. I, my VA did that for $6 and I had unlimited revisions. So that, that's a good example there where um, the, the difference of having a Canadian or you know someone in North America doing it versus over there. At the end of the day, it's a logo, it's an aesthetic thing. And so it, there is no price that makes like going to a Canadian, it's not more valuable or less valuable. It's just, it just is. And so I, I like doing those kind of things. My business cards, same thing. I get them printed at Vista, obviously, but um, at Vista Print. But again, designed by by my designing uh, VA, six dollars. Uh, like how can and unlimited revisions where I just send it to her, and I got it within and I got it within twenty four hours. I, I don't know how you beat that. It's yeah. just like it's just too it's just too good. Yeah. It's just too good. The the key is and the, the key is is that the the tasks that we're going to ask them to do being in real estate are often going to be unknown to them. They're, they're often never going to know these things. Like I had to explain to my VA what Kijiji was, where Kijiji was and how to do it. I had to provide them a step-by-step. -step. So I literally had to train her on how to get to Kijiji, 
Um, there's this device that some of you might be familiar with called a VPN. Um, and basically it will allow her to be able to appear to be virtually anywhere in the world. Sounds very shady when you say it out loud like that, but it's a really common thing. Uh, so she can be anywhere in the world because Kijiji doesn't want to see someone in the Philippines hosting in Edmonton, but she buys, uh, I buy her a, a VPN and she can show up anywhere then. And so she could post across Canada without any problems to acquire properties. And, and so that's a task that she has no, there's nothing in her head of what that's worth. And so I provide that for her. So there, so there's not really like you're, you're not going to go on uh, Upwork or Fiverr and see someone offering to post on Kijiji or to help you with MLS listings or like, you're just not going to see that. And so you're going to set the value and your value is going to be based on what you want to pay for it and what you can get someone who's confident enough that you trust. Yeah. Um, one of the other questions that, uh, that Sean had actually posed as well, you know, kind of just speaking to, to training and kind of familiarity with kind of some of those real estate processes. So, I mean, in your, in your specific instance, uh, with your VA, uh, what was her background, uh, as far as real estate was concerned, even before she had engaged with you? Was it, was there any, did she have a, did she have a rough idea? No, okay. no, nothing. Uh, no, no experience. I had her in my book business and really trusted her and could feel her sincerity. And so I, I asked her if she'd be interested in doing more work. Of course she is. And the big thing that I did is that I'd talk to her. So when you're interviewing or when you're talking to them, the big thing that I would encourage you to do is get online with them and do a Zoom with them. Or, or a, some of them still do Skype, which might even be a bit of a red flag, but you can do Skype with them. And then you can get a sense for a bunch of things. And you can get a sense for their speed of internet because, um, Canada is the most expensive for buying uh, data, for example. But like in Pakistan, where I've had, where I have VAs, it's ten dollars. It's ten dollars a month for unlimited data. So most of these guys are just working off their phones. So you need to be able to force them onto a Skype call to see that they have a computer. You don't want them on a. You, they could be on a phone depending on what task they're doing, but you don't want them scrolling through MLS on a phone because it's just going to be. You want them on a computer, so you make them do a video call, so you get a sense of. Uh, this you get a sense that they have a computer not just a phone you can check out the speed of their internet because some of these places like the internet's crazy like it's just like it's like we're still thinking very i'm still thinking very much canadian a lot of the time but uh you know some of these places dial up is not uncommon i i've had vas lose contact with me for weeks because because a freaking tsunami or a, a tornado like wiped out their village and stuff. And it sounds crazy, but it's like, it's a hundred percent true where they're just like, I won't be able to talk to you this week because, because there's a hurricane coming through and, and I'm going to have to hit shelter for like, that's their reality. Yeah, and exactly. so, and so it's important that you meet with them and face to face. And then the other most important thing by doing face to face is you get a sense of their English. And that's huge because that's the biggest disconnect that you'll find. You can train people, to do tasks, but you can't always train them to do it in things that are that are going to sound native, yeah. uh, native to Canadian or American English. And so, have them do some writing for you, like uh, like have them do some kind of descriptive writing, not just uh, basic writing, because they can do. Because I've caught guys doing basically Google pasting, you know, googling and pasting messages yeah. back Google, to me. Google Translate, yeah, exactly. Google Translate, yeah. thank you. And so you get you meet with them face to face and or virtual to virtual, and you'll get a sense for their English. And, and then you have them do some kind of writing that they're not going to be able to just pull off of Google Translate. And, uh, and then you'll get a sense. But that's, again, though, to be fair, that's only if you need them to do that kind of specific. I would still encourage the English just from a communication thing because 
my reality and someone in Pakistan's reality are so different. If you add a communication gap on top of that, you're going to go crazy because they don't understand some of the stuff that you're talking about because they just don't understand it. Um, like I've had to explain like what Black Friday is and stuff. Like there's just things that we just take for granted and it's just totally gone for their for them culturally. They just don't have that. And so there's always going to be a bit of a disconnect there. And so you don't want to have a language disconnect as well. It's just going to make it really problematic. So good English and then just someone who you've met face to face and you really feel like um, you can kind of get a feel like as real estate people, we're people people. And so you can kind of get a feel for um, how legitimate someone is. And if they're not willing to do a video call, because a lot of them will say, oh, my camera's broken, but you know, you can have your camera on. I'm like, get out of here, right? Like, it's just, there's something going on there. <laughs> they're probably at a dial-up store. They're probably at like an internet cafe or something um, and not, they don't have it in their house and stuff. So that's going to be a problem if you want to get a hold of them. They're going to have to go to an internet cafe and stuff. So uh, really insist on a few of those things. I just, I just realized we're past the 15 minute mark. You, you're still good. You're still, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're fine with me updating the invoice after. Yeah, you bet. Okay. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, comment from Razna. Uh, it looks like she'd like to contact your VA. Looks like uh, Raz by houses, Raz buys houses needs a new, needs a new logo. So there you go. Some yeah, more, some more, great. some more work for your gal. Um, and specifically, she's wondering where do you specifically find good experience VAs for your business? Um, I, I, I've, so because we're doing something new, like, uh, here's, here's Ryan being Ryan. So I'm a pioneer in this right now. And so, um, as a pioneer, I'm training, maybe I've got a new business here. Actually, now I'm thinking of it. Maybe I start pumping out, um, highly trained VAs and, uh, and putting them across the network. There you go. Yeah, I think you could you, you could be the VA agency. Yeah, the Canadian I, connection. I know here, and um, there's going to be yeah. So those VAs that um those VAs I was talking about for five dollars, I made a mistake. They're ten dollars an hour generally. That's their starting rate uh, for the first month. And uh, but yeah, basically, I, I go with the idea of um kind of like how I you know we talk about the people money deal and the people how I don't know a lot of the tasks down here. And I go by people. So I'm kind of doing the same thing here. The lot, none of these VAs have ever been trained in anything. I had to train them. So I'm not looking for ones that are experienced per se. I'm looking for good people. So I'm looking for ones that have good qualities. And so um, I made a video actually, and you posted it about, about how to find a good contractor. And one of the keys that I talked about in that video was put a lot of hoops in front of them and see if they jump through the hoops. And at the end, the last one that survives through the hoops, you know, you have a good, you have a good, um, you know, potential person, a good partner or employee. And so I generally will do the same thing is I'll ask them to reply to me and then I'll say, can you send me a screenshot of your internet speed? And then, okay, can you reply? So just lots of hoops, like contact me again tomorrow at this time and just lots of that stuff and see, because Timeliness is a really big thing for for some of these uh, some of these VAs. They don't respect time. They're coming from culture sometimes where they're just they're in the manada manada, yeah. or they just they just don't they don't see uh, they don't appreciate the speed of business in in Canada uh, versus where they are, and and they just don't appreciate that. And so um, setting up messages where they have to contact you at certain times, uh, just create loops like that. Ask them to call you if you ask for. If you ask for something specific, don't let them come up with something else that's kind of like that. And and so really just kind of check on who they are as people, where their values are. Do they value punctuality? Do they value uh, work ethic? 
Um, do they value honoring their commitments? And, and then from there, then you know, because the, the skills are easy. Skills are skills. They're very trainable. People skills are a lot harder to train than, they are, than, than uh, work skills. And so find good uh, people and the skills themselves are, are really simple. One of the one of the last questions that Sean LeCap had was specifically to do with kind of like sensitive information data and mm-hmm. specifically how you know how you and your business or even just kind of just just general recommendations from everything you've seen thus far. I mean, how to mitigate those risks of you know of having somebody who's in in some instances, I mean, fairly fairly close and a lot of times with access to sensitive data maybe in your organization. Mm-hmm. I. The way I the way I think of that is so so my VAs in my book business have access to a lot more things like my my VA my manager in my book business has purchasing power where so he can go in and and the rule is <laughs> this is the only time we use the word rule with him but the rule is that he can put stuff in the cart but I'm ultimately going to push the the button because at the end of the day it's going to be my money and so he'll he'll make purchases through the cart and then I'll go in and I'll verify. He'll put a transaction pending. I'll go in and I'll finish it. Um, anything that if, if I do authorize a purchase, like through Upwork, where I put something in escrow for another VA, and he can approve it. But once he approves it, he needs to send me an email saying, I, I approve this. And so I can keep track for the accounting. Um, so the money side, as far as sensitive with that, I, I have that protected. I don't have my VAs in this business doing anything that involves money. Um, I don't think, I think the numbers are too big. They wouldn't. You know, there's and there's no need for it. As far as sensitive information um, outside of that, I like I kind of like the fact that they're in the Philippines or the Bangladesh or whatever because they have no use for the information, and so it's not it's not a whole lot unless I'm missing kind of where Sean's going with what sensitive information is. I just find that they just they don't have a lot of use for this. Like they they don't understand. You could hand them something and and just tell them it's anything, and and they're gonna believe like they don't know the value. That, of what they're dealing with and so there wouldn't be a perceived value and, and so there's very little um there'd be little very little motivation for them yeah. to uh to to be uh looking to do anything else and the other side of it is if you're paying them well they're they're very um the vas that i've dealt with have all been super super loyal um you'll, you'll go through a lot they're kind of like contractors where you'll go through a lot of them to get some good ones but once you get the good ones they're they're, they're loyal to a fault like they'll drive you crazy, and uh, and like my VA, if I don't have work for, and uh, you know, I guarantee the next week it's going to be, hello, sir, how are you? Um, do you have, do you have anything you need me to do? You know, do you need me to train? Do you want to train me to do something else? Like they're they're very um, they're very much on the hustle. They're yeah. they're good hustlers usually, and uh, and they'll follow up, and they and they want to work. And how do you get work? Is you get work by doing good work. And, uh, and not by screwing around, kind of like what, um, again, going back to what Stefan used to say about how, like, you, you don't get rich by doing a smash and grab. You get rich by having uh, good relationships and building a business. And a lot of them seem to, to get that because you can smash and grab me for 100 bucks, but you're only going to have a week's worth of your, your pay. You're much better off to be you know, in a relationship with me and me giving you three or four hundred dollars a month ongoing. Yeah. 
Sean, uh, Mr. Sean LeCap also had a also had a very interesting question about uh, time zone differences. So, in your specific instance, I mean, this isn't really going to be too much of an issue because you're probably up the same hours as your uh, VA in the Philippines, anyways. But for the average person who gets up in the morning and goes to bed at night, uh, how do you how do you work around the, uh, the time zone differentials? So, so people that uh, people that hang out with me on a personal level have to be very comfortable with me being rudely on the phone uh, at nighttime, and it, it's actually hard because like uh, you know if you look at it from like um from like a relationship point of view yeah. it looks weird if you're constantly texting someone all through the night and they're like come on it's two in the morning who could you be texting and like it, it looks very booty college doesn't yeah. it yeah. and um yeah and you know with me it would never be a booty call right it would it would be it'd be just 100 business and so so for me i i like those i i just kind of work around it generally Generally, we come to an agreement of what the time zones kind of like where we can make those calls yeah. or where we can receive those messages. Yeah. It's super important though that you get back to them right away because if you miss it, you'll miss an entire day. And so, and so if a VA messages me at 6 p.m. or my time, I really got to get to them because if I don't, by the time I reply to it in the morning, they're going to have gone their entire day without doing whatever that problem was or whatever they needed. Yeah. And so there's a certain urgency and we kind of just make agreements. So my guy in Bangladesh, um, he, he, he makes himself a little bit less accessible. I thought you'll actually turn his phone off sometimes, which is, um, which is unusual for a VA. Usually you can knock them up any time of the day. But, um, so we kind of have agreements. Like if we're going to do a video call, we'll do it at, um, at like 10 PM for him and 10 AM for me. We'll kind of, you know, we'll kind of do it. They're very used to accommodating us. Um, because they're they're VAs, they're used to they're used to coming over and having bad time zones, and and they will do the work that's needed. Like I, I promise you that. Like I get messages from VAs that it would be their Sunday at 11, 12 o'clock at night on their Sunday, and they're working like it's just a normal. They, they don't see like they don't do Monday to Monday to Friday. They don't see Monday to Friday. They just see work and it gets done. There's no days where they're off kind of thing. They they take off for like religious holidays or for their family for whatever reason, but there's no like, don't contact me on Saturdays kind of thing. You know, there's no date nights for them. Yeah, yeah. so they have a certain amount of segregation. Uh, one, of, one of Sean's follow-up comments, and I'm assuming this is probably just kind of back to data sensitivity and that type of thing, is in regards to say using a virtual assistant to manage your either personal or professional email, for instance. So. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, so, th so that would be, I, I would, that would come down to me for me to, to do that. I would really have to be comfortable with their level of English. Um, I would, I'd be comfortable with them filtering through emails, but um, if we got them to the point where they were responding or something like that, I'd be really careful with their English. Um, but as far as filtering, I, I, if you have a good relationship with one, like I'm thinking of like, um, like my, my VA in the Philippines, I would definitely, I would definitely be comfortable with her going through emails. And stuff, and who knows what she would see. So, um, but uh, I would be totally fine with that because she, again, she's in the Philippines. She just see it as just a, a task that that she'd be very happy to do. Um, so I'd prefer them to be outsourcing that than someone in maybe that's in North America who might uh, know what to do with uh, dangerous information, if you will. Um, whereas I don't see them. I don't see that being a thing um, in other countries. Right. Uh, one of the last questions uh, that kind of that kind of came in as part of this, um, kind of going back to the training side of things. So you had mentioned 
you know, you had mentioned doing Skype calls or Zoom calls and something like that. Um, for the training components, I guess when you're training them on very on very specific things, like do you do you kind of lean more towards like like very specific written procedures? I know that I know that was one of the things actually. You know, you mentioned the four hour work week, and I remember and I remember listening to it right and to basically saying that. You know, when your when your assistants, virtual assistants, or otherwise, right? You know, I mean, I mean, procedures had to be written in such a place that they didn't really leave room for error, right? Like, not you no, know, you could never have too much detail in there uh, to the point where someone's like, you know, you, you leave them as I guess as little leeway for kind of creativity and uh, and in some instances to make you know make their own decisions. Not not with everything, but particularly when you're dealing with tasks that say have to be done a very specific way and also repeated. From time to time. Yeah, yeah, definitely as little creativity as possible. I, like I, I can't tell you how many times I've done like I, like like this kind of motion where I'm just like, how is this not obvious? And it's just not. It's just not. And because like again, we're we're working off of our frame and and our reality and our schooling or whatever. And so things that seem very um, natural to us uh, you know, just won't always happen. And so it's it's got to be very graphic and specific. Uh, the thing that I generally do as well is I will do the Zoom and I'll like have them on my screen. Um, I know how to do it on Skype, I think it is, but yeah. where basically like I take over there, like I have them watching my screen and I take them through from step one to, to step uh, 12 or whatever it is. I try to have as few steps as possible and and you wouldn't believe like how, like it, it's, you're going to almost feel like you're being insulting by how graphic you'll put the steps. But if you do that, you'll find it won't insult anyone and you'll get the results you want. But if you don't do that, there, it's, it can be crazy. Just like how often guys have, like I've had guys, like I have one of my guys who's been with me for two months, all of a sudden just couldn't log on to one of the accounts because he couldn't remember the password. I'm like, why is the password not written? Like, how is it, like, how do we get to this point? Right? Like, but again, it, so I look at that as that's my fault because I don't have a spreadsheet, you know. I don't have one of Sean's spreadsheets with all the passwords. Right they're, they're, they're good. I mean, it's, uh, they're, they're every, every business needs one. Trust me. And uh, <laughs> but but to give you an example, so as far as the train, like to give you an example, um, it's it's super it's super cool how many things you can do. So like besides from the obvious, like I have like you know I've done the business cards. My website. I don't know if you if anyone has uh, taken the time, but if you go on StratfordMartin.com or uh, moneyforuglyhouses.com. Those are websites that were designed by, by a, a, just a young kid in, uh, in Pakistan. And, and we're talking, like those websites cost me $60 American to get done. And again, go to a Canadian and find out how many thousands of dollars that website's gonna cost you. And if I didn't tell you that that was a website that was outsourced to him, I, I challenge you. I would be shocked if someone. The money for ugly houses, it, to its credit, is supposed to look ugly. Yeah. Money for ugly houses, ugly websites. But Stratford Martin, I've had lots of people comment saying um, that that website looks really, really sharp. And um, and um, you know to you know what's the uh, uh, what's the two R's and what is it rip off and uh, <laughs> what's the uh, um, <laughs> you know basically in, in the if the nice thing is in the Philippines and stuff is they're less sensitive to um, to uh, just blatantly copying things. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. so if you like a website, you can basically send them that website, and they're going to be very comfortable uh, making a website that um, that looks very similar to that. They're not going to want that art. They actually would prefer you give them that than saying be artistic. 
Because again, if you give someone in, in Pakistan artistic creation of your website, I have no idea what that's going to look like. Like it's not, it's, it's, it's who knows what that's going to look like. So you're better off like showing them two websites and saying basically hybrid these two together and remove the names and let's go. Um, and they'll do that. They would prefer that as well. So the websites are, are something that can be done. Uh, again, my guy is doing it for $60. It's just like an unlimited revisions. And if I ask them to do an update on it, I, I just like every second or third update, I'll send them like five or 10 bucks as a thank you. But like the update, the updates are basically lifetime. He just updates anything. I just like, I'm going to add this interview afterwards and you know, I'll give him a couple bucks to do it. And so that way I don't need to learn how to upload stuff because my life would be hell if I had to learn how to upload something on a website. Like shoot me now. It'll be, it'll be interesting to get his feedback, especially if he watches this video before he uploads it. So yeah, there, there might be, I might be, uh, I shouldn't have said the $5 because I don't want to that five. So yeah, exactly. I might've just, I might've just cost myself about two bucks an hour on him. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Good. Well, that's fantastic. Um, I guess kind of, Outside of outside of anything that we've kind of discussed or kind of any of the questions that have came up, uh, anything that really kind of sticks out as maybe say like the one like the one golden nugget or like the one key to overall um, success utilizing virtual assistants in the business? Um, I'd kind of like to just um, I'd like to just go through two things that I kind of trained my VA to do that I, that I'm proud of. And I thought it was thinking very much out of the box and, and it kind of gives you an idea of what extent you can take this to, to create personal freedom for you. And, and so the one that I had, cause my, my, you know, we're all very, we're all very used to the MLS posts coming to our email inboxes and stuff. And, and if, if you guys are like me, you get every MLS listing coming to your box and stuff. And some of you, some of you may be getting realtors to contact you for deals. But the problem is, is that you only get that person's vision of the deal. So I never like, I always encourage agents to bring me deals, but at the end of the day, I get every single MLS thing sent to my house. And in Edmonton, that's about, um, that's about 400 a week listings in a normal, at a normal time right now, it's terrible, but in a normal time, that's about 400 emails or 400 listings a week. And they come to my inbox. Um, so constantly and that, used to take about four hours of, of my week sorting through. And it used to drive me crazy. It was so friggin' boring because we all know how like the, the funnel goes. And so look at 400 to get down to 40 properties that may actually be worth a conversation to a realtor at, get some ARVs and of those 40, it goes down to, to maybe 10. Yeah. And then you're gonna put your offers out. And those are real numbers. Like I've kept track of it. It's really, it starts at about 400. And it really very quickly goes down to about 20 to 40, depending on the week. You send them to an, uh, a realtor, ask for ARVs. And of those ARVs, you're going to get about 10 to 15 at most. And then of those 10, you're going to be able to, um, you're going to be able to put offers in. And so it started driving me crazy because I was just tired of doing it. I would dread it. I would do it twice a week, two hours in a block. Going to be um, able to, and I just uh, hate it. So I started thinking, how can I get the VA to do this? And so I talked to my main main VA and what we did is I just kind of explained to her what to do. I was like, look, I'm going to get you to go through it. I'm going to get the emails transferred to you because they're blowing up my inbox. And so all the emails are going to go to you. You're going to open every single one of these. And what you're going to do is you're going to spreadsheet at the end of the week, send me all the ones. So 
let me back up. So we, we went through MLS on my screen because remember she's in the Philippines. And so every house she saw here, she thought was like mind blowingly amazing. Like she couldn't get her head around how beautiful, like these, there was teardowns and she was like, like it was a palace. Yeah. And so, so we had to get her up the speed of what the standard house was in Edmonton. Um, and then very quickly she started to understand. So we broke things into three categories. There was like, no, it's definitely not a deal. So we're talking like it's a new build or you could just, you can tell what a no is. There's yes, it's clearly a deal. So we look for like how to look for trigger words. So look at the pictures, how to tell, but then also like the words of fixer upper, I gave a sheet of like common words, fixer upper, do it yourself or elbow, you know, handyman. Motivated seller. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Motivate. Like, so you find those words. So those are the yeses. And then the next are the maybes. And what I want her to do, I was like, what you're going to do is you're going to send me all your, the no's are going to be gone. You're going to send me every yes and every maybe. And cause I don't want her making a decision, right? You don't want a VA to make a decision. You want to have them, their decision on automatic. So it's like, get rid of all the new builds, all the clearly knows, send me all the maybes and all the yeses. And, and I had her doing that. And that lit that four hours of mine, I got that down to now about a half an hour because now all of a sudden I'm getting about 60 listings a week from her that I can go through in an hour. You can go through about a hundred houses in an hour. If you're just flipping through, looking at them, looking for the deals. Um, I would, I would spend about an hour on that list and I would narrow down for 50, whatever, whatever she'd give me, I would narrow it down. And then I would send that to the, to the uh, realtor. And so that was saving me or that is saving me. That's, that's four hours a week. Uh, and so if you look at what that's in the month, it's 20, you know, I'm saying I'm costing me $20 a week and I'm saving four hours a week. So for $80, like you can't, you can't put a price on that. Like that's just, it's, it's an incredible, I, I couldn't tell you how excited I was when, when she started doing that and getting that right. Um, it was just, it's unbelievably exciting because that is, four hours of your work week and just gone and just free. That's a, that's a whole round of golf I could do. It was awesome. And, <laughs> and so, and, and again, for $20, if someone came to you, you know, and you were talking about someone like Razna or something, for if, if someone came and said, I'll give you four hours a week and I'm going to charge you $20, you're, you're on it, right? Like that's, that's a dream. And so these are the kind of tasks that we can, we can get VAs doing if we think creatively. And that, that was just, you know, out of a need that um, a trusted VA and me having a need to uh, to get rid of a task that I was just, I'm sure there's someone that can do this task and, and do it as well as me. Um, and then I make the final decision. So that's, that's a good example of something where um, if you're really thinking, and I have the same thing for uh, Kijiji uh, for sale by owner houses. She goes on Kijiji every morning and she looks through all the for sale by owner houses and she sends me a spreadsheet of any ones that look interesting. Yeah. Um, amazing, right? Like amazing that way. I'm not, because the last thing I want to do is if I die and go to hell, it's going to be looking through Kijiji for sale by owner ads, <laughs> right? Like that's, like that's, that's my help. And so I, I won't be doing that anytime soon. She does it. She loves it. Um, and then I can contact them if it looks like a good deal. The, uh, not to back up too much, but when someone asked about time zones, we can use time zones as an advantage as well, because if we're looking at like Kijiji ads, um, my VAs can post at four in the morning comfortably, like our four in the morning, no problem. That's actually preferred for them. And so we're always going to be the first post of the day. And so we're going to be on that first page because, um, 
the, the theory is, is that people look at Kijiji before work and after work. So those are the two prime times to post. And so we're looking at three, you know, four or 5 a.m. for us is the perfect time to put a Kijiji ad on. So she'll go on there. And then the other side of that is these VAs are super hard working. So they'll get up and they'll do them. They'll do the evening post. No problem. So they'll do the 4 a.m. 4 a.m. their time, 4 p.m. our time. No problem. They'll set a timer. They'll wake up and they'll do the post. And so what I would have them doing is two posts a day. Uh, so post at 4 a.m. their time or 5 a.m. Take the post down and then repost again in the afternoon. And so your post is on the front page uh, for the morning shift and the afternoon shift. So these are the kind of things that we can take advantage of by leveraging their time advantages and, uh, and just good solid training of tasks that don't require a lot of skill and, uh, and can be easily dished off. Yeah, the busy work, right? So. Yeah, the busy work that that can get us caught because you know, unless you have a personal assistant, no one's going through your MLS ads for you. No one's no one's trolling Kijiji looking for deals. Um, you can have them even reach out if like I I have a guy that's good enough English. You can have them reach out to the Kijiji people. You give them a script and and the, the way they enter, you know, with those lines, those phone numbers where they can they can call from a like a not weird phone number and and they can contact the Fisbos and. Uh, and you know and they can kind of feel it out they have their script they can get some motivation and say okay my guy's going to call you back um they do that a lot in the u.s I, i've never seen it here um but i know in the u.s they have a lot of vas that are on script work uh just calling it because they have access to lists of foreclosure they have just access to a lot more uh, private information than we do yeah. and uh yeah so they're looking at uh, they're giving them calls and it's just like you just as long as their english is solid and they stay on a script which they will, because again, these people don't want to be creative. They want to be told what to do. And so it makes their job easier and and they don't want to have to think. Like they don't like they don't they want to do the job right. And so they'll be right a lot more often if they're doing what you ask them to do. Yeah. Well, and it's and it's great to hear you've taken that approach. Cause I mean, I can tell you as somebody, I mean, who has looked at a lot of businesses over the years and stuff like that. I mean, typically smaller enterprise businesses, you know, especially if it's just say like a sole proprietor or, you know, really small businesses. I mean, as far as procedures go, nothing gets written down. Right. So it oh. becomes it becomes a situation of it's like, oh, I got this new employee. Right. You take the new employee, you stick them with the existing employee. Right. They get a little bit of training, yada, yada, yada. And then when they leave or when something happens, you get turnover. Right. I mean, all that all that information and knowledge is just, is just lost. Right. So, I mean, how do you or, how, how, how do you create a repeatable process? So the, the way I've seen it, too, is where the owner trains them in the policies, leaves. And then the other employees say, well, this is how it's really done. Now. Yeah. Right. And so there's just a total disconnect of what's what the owner thinks uh, is happening versus what actually is happening out there. And, and so there, and so it's just like, there's like this, uh, you know, it's like, there's this, there's this idealistic policy out there, but then there's like the street level of like what's really happening in the streets kind of thing. And uh, yeah, so same idea. And, um, and, and, you know, like we talked about, it doesn't have to be VAs. You can also, it's the same rules apply if you're going to get someone off of Kijiji to, uh, to do ads for you or to post signs or anything like that. You can't, you can't assume that they're going to know how to post signs or where to post signs, or um, you can't assume that they're going to know which houses to stuff mail, uh, yellow letters into. You're going to have to do the walkthrough. You do the time, you take them through, you hold their hand a few times. And then if there's a good bonus structure, they're, they're going to work well for it. Yeah, they're going to do it. 
one of the questions that uh, Sean LeCap actually came up with here again. So he was talking about uh, kind of technical assistance and screen shares and, and that type of thing. Uh, one of the things that I will say, Sean, so I actually do quite a bit of this in my business. So there's a couple different programs you can use. You can use TeamViewer, um, even Zoom. If you're going to do a Zoom call with somebody, kind of has a share uh, screen share uh, take control of method. Uh, Join.me is another one that kind of comes off uh, the top of my head. Uh, Ryan, any specific ones that you've used for screen sharing purposes? No, I'm pretty old school with that stuff. So, um, And also remember that you need them to be able to have these programs and be familiar with them. So you're better off to be more on the Skype and Zoom type ones. Yeah, uh, they're more primal, but that's that's the reality. Like, uh, they, some of them won't even like Zoom. Um, remember, they got to download these things, and as these programs get more and more sophisticated, they take up more data. They're slower because they're going to have crappy internet, so they're going to need to work on things that work really well on crappy internet. Um, as you as you guys were talking, one of the things I thought of as well is um, there's a password program as well that scrambles passwords. Um, I can't remember. I've never used it, but I know there's one where basically it will it will code passwords, so they'll never know what the real password is. Yeah. But they'll get like a temporary, like a like they'll get like a 12 hour password yeah. uh, every day, and they can get those. And yeah. so that would be a, that would be a good one as well. I've never used it because at the end of the day, if I don't trust you enough to give you my password, then I shouldn't be having you do any information. For yeah, last last pass is one that you can use where you can actually share. So you share the passwords and they can fill the passwords, but they don't actually ever see it, right? And then as soon as right. you as soon as you basically flick the switch and turn their connection off, um, then that's it. They don't have access to that mm -hmm. anymore. So yeah, I, th I think that's great. But again, I go back to hiring people that I trust, and and I, and I've said that with contractors as well, where I say like if I'm coming to the project, if I'm here more than once or twice a week, it's because I don't trust you. And if I don't trust you, I should just get someone else in here. Yeah. Because exactly. the last thing I need to do is be a babysitter, right? Yeah. Like. I, I don't need another job. That's right. Perfect. Anything you want to leave us with, Ryan? No, no. It's uh, it's always nice talking to you. And uh, if anyone uh, wants, uh, anyone wants some more info on the VAs, or if we didn't address a question, um, my email is Ryan at StratfordMartin.com, and obviously I'm available on Facebook as well. I have a lot of uh, friends. And uh, <laughs> I have a lot of friends on Facebook. There's always a diversity of content there. You can uh, see the inside the mind of Ryan. It's always interesting. Um, but um, I'm, I'm a big believer in abundance and sharing. And so everyone has access to anything that I'm doing. I'll show you why and how I do. And if you need access to contacts as far as VAs and stuff, I'm more than happy to share. Uh, don't uh, just don't pay them more than I am because then I'm gonna lose a VA. So as long as you don't snipe me, as long as you don't snipe me, I'm happy to share. Don't want to inflate the market. That's right. So. Yeah, yeah. Let's keep the market good because I have a new business coming out. <laughs> VA assistance, and so it's a good starting point. So Ryan Zeman, Stratford Martin. Uh, Ryan's Facebook info is below there, so feel free to check him out. Stratford Martin info on Facebook. Uh, Stratford.martin.info on Instagram. Ryan, much appreciated on everything today. Thank you for being our very first presenter, actually, in the expert series that we're going to be doing. And I hope that you got as much value out of this as everybody on the call, too. So The, the bar has been set. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot to everybody. Thanks for tuning in. And we will see you here soon.